The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. So is police brutality basically racist? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Everyone listening by radio on our Great Truth Network and beyond. Everyone listening by podcast. My apologies for a repeat broadcast yesterday, not for the content, which I hope encouraged you and blessed you, but I was not here. Some unexpected airport delays that then got longer, then got longer, then got longer. And we realized, okay, I'd have to, there's just no way we can do a live broadcast. So we, we played a repeat for you, obviously totally unexpected. And we did a, a little brief presentation for our live stream folks on YouTube and Facebook when I finally got into the office like, oh, about half hour after the show started. So my apologies. We are back live. Here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. Okay, we're going to get into a really sensitive, difficult issue in a few minutes. I, I've got some words of encouragement for you first. But in a few minutes, we're going to get into a, a very difficult subject, one of the question of police brutality and racism. And we're going to talk it through, and I'm going to present different viewpoints to you so that we can try to understand how different people are seeing things, white Americans, black Americans, others, intersection of views. So we're going to talk this through, but... If you're new to the line of fire, this is what we do. As a community, and as, as me serving as a voice for this community, we try to talk through the difficult issues together. We, we try to hear each other, understand each other, and then if we have differences, they're based on understanding versus ignorance. And then we can better respond, get her, better get into each other's skin. So are, are we ready to do that? Can, can we do that? And I'll lay out my own thoughts at the end, all right? But uh, we're going to work our way through different viewpoints so you can understand each argument along the way. I'm going to read something to you for a moment. I've got it pulled up on my cell phone here. But I, I brought a couple of words of encouragement to everyone on Facebook and YouTube yesterday. I, I want to repeat some of that but expand on it. First, um, our friends at Trivita were blown away by your response as we introduce their wellness products as, as Trivita has come alongside of us as a key sponsor to help blanket America with the line of fire. Just think, if you've been edified, you've been helped, you've been encouraged, we've been a voice of moral sanity, spiritual clarity for you. We, we hear from pastors day and night thanking us for a compassionate, truthful, uncompromising stand on difficult issues. Think of how many more we could help as we partner together. And Trivita said, hey, Dr. Brown, we want to make this happen. Healthy church, healthy you. So anyway, as you ordered the last three weeks, as we've talked about it during the show with our healthy you uh, first month emphasis, let's get healthy. Uh, we told you that a substantial portion of your order would go to support the line of fire. Well, Trivita first was blown away by you as callers. They, they, the, the, 
the call center told us they've never gotten such enthusiastic calls that that you were so enthusiastic about money going to the line of fire not to me not to anyone in the organization but straight to blanket america with this broadcast so uh you knew and, and they said the callers really wanted to make sure that funds were going to dr brown's uh radio show that was more concerning to them than getting the best discount well here's what trivita said and this is going forward all first-time orders that come through the line of fire, all first-time orders that come through the line of fire will go the entire order, everything that came in the last three weeks, 100% of it to radio outreach. They're donating it 100%. I couldn't wait to tell you that. That also means for all the thousands that haven't placed first-time orders yet, when you do that, 100% is going to go right back in and then ongoing. As you continue to order, they'll still tithe or more back into the ministry from there. So let me just make sure we've got a new number now. That we had previous numbers with previous offers, but we have a, 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 new, uh, a new number. 800-771-5584. This is not for our books or resources, just to order Trivita. The, the products I've sampled so far, using them daily, I mean, loving them. Nitric Oxide, MyoHealth, and now, uh, No Pelea. Just loving the results. I mean, living proof, coupled with a healthy diet. Come on, lifestyle change. 800-771-5584, right? Or go online, go to Tribeta.com, and just use the code Brown, capital B, Brown25. You get 25% off. And all first-time orders, 100%. Of the order, not 100% of the net profit, 100% of the order of all of it is being donated to expand line of fire outreach. It's 800-771-5584. Tell them Dr. Brown sent you. And Brown, so capital B, Brown 25, if you go online to Trivita.com. Okay. The other word of encouragement that I gave, and I'm not going to repeat all of it for those watching, is that. Uh, as I travel around America, let alone around the world where God's been moving powerfully for decades, but everywhere I'm going, I'm seeing churches on fire. I'm, I'm seeing young people flocking. I'm seeing the power of God touching people's lives. I'm seeing tremendous worship. I'm seeing people being added to the body and churches growing, the exact opposite of what so many of the national statistics are, are saying. So uh, I sent a video to my longtime colleague and friend, Keith Collins, earlier today. I said, hey, watch this from yesterday. Uh, he's a graduate from Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, but immediately came on our leadership team. He had been a pastor leader before that. Uh, so he is a real revivalist with a powerful ministry and his own network of, of, of leaders that he ministers to. And he said, so he watched the video. He said, wow. I attest and bear witness to everything you're saying. There is definitely, all caps, something powerful taking place, and everywhere I'm going to preach, I'm encountering this. Even in places that were lukewarm in recent years, your message bears witness with something I felt compelled to write. So this is what he wrote, a portal of increasing glory. I have spent over three decades pursuing Jesus and preaching the gospel around the world. 
During this time, I have deliberately placed my life into God's hands so that he can utilize me for his glory during my time on earth. Throughout the last several years, I've experienced incredible times of God's glory being amazingly real, even to the point of becoming tangible at times. I've also had glorious visitations from God that brought great fear and joy at the same time. These experiences are overwhelming to say the least. As great as my journey with Jesus has been over the years, I know that there is a new season at hand for me as well as for many others who refuse to stand at a distance and only look into what is possible from and with God. With this being an amazing reality, I write this exhortation that the Lord placed upon my heart today with scriptures following. So, so it, is, it is a call in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the challenges, uh, to look up and see God and see what he is doing. Because friends, he's moving. I, I'm not making this up. I wasn't saying this five years ago. I wasn't saying this 10 years ago. I wasn't even saying this three years ago. But yeah, it was happening here and there, but more and more places. So if you're in a dry place spiritually, say, God, if you're pouring out your, your spirit, don't pass us by. God, if the rain is, is, is coming down, don't, don't leave us in a season of drought. Let it be the prayer from your own heart. God fills the hungry. There's a whole exhortation, a, a great um, message there that I'm, I'm not taking the time to read from my friend Keith. But, but here, here what we're saying is witnesses. And I could bring on pastor after pastor and leader after leader. I'm not talking about hype. I'm not talking about superficial stuff. You say, well, what do you preach on when you go out? You know, I put up that word of encouragement, and I saw someone post, no, no, just repent, repent, repent. What do you think I preach? What do you think I'm known for preaching as a message of repentance? What was my message Sunday morning uh, in Tampa at, at Abide Church Sunday morning? What was my message? Repentance prepares the way of the Lord. What was the altar call? The Holy Spirit's calling you to repent, come forward. I'm talking to believers as well as lost people. And the altar flooded with people. That, that was my message. Repentance prepares the way of the Lord. What was my message at night? My message at night was on the presence of God in revival with a call at the end to unconditional surrender to King Jesus. Your life is not your own. Your body is not your own. Scripture after scripture to emphasize that. You're bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. You belong to him. He may be calling you to be a rich businessman. He may be calling you to be a martyr. He may be calling you to be a homeschool mother of five. He may be calling you to, to the mission field. Jesus is walking through this room saying, follow me. And we say, Lord, unconditionally. That was what the call was for. And the altar was flooded. There wasn't enough room. Fill the aisles. People responding. Young people responding. I'm not giving some superficial life coach pep talk. Come on. You can do it. We can do it. Let's do it. No, I'm talking about surrender the entirety of your life to God. That's the message we're going to shout across America. Surrender your life entirely to God. Let's be disciples and live this out. That's the key to the health of the nation. That's how it has to happen. You and me, transformed by the power and life of God, we go out of here and bring transformation to others through the power of the gospel. No matter how dark and wicked it gets, light will triumph over darkness. I'm not going to say forgive my excitement because it's genuine from the heart. And the encouragement with God encourages me. I want to encourage you. Okay, before we switch now 
to the very difficult topic of police brutality and is it race-based. All right, before we talk about that, we're going to stay in this encouragement mode for one more moment. And let us go to Nicole in Jamaica. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Good afternoon. Yes, go ahead. Yes. No, I was telling um, the young lady that picked the call up. I am I am from Jamaica, but I'm here in Virginia at this time. And just wanted to share with you how amazing your program is. Um, I listen to you daily on the Truth um, Network. And um, it's just very refreshing just listening to you today. My son and I, we're avid listeners of your program. And um, you've also inspired our family to try... Uh, a few days actually rolling into months now um, with that healthy diet that you've been talking about. Come on. Yes. So um, finally we are trying to cut the sweets, the sweets out. And he's like, Mommy, you're following Dr. Brown because you heard of his um, dramatic, you know, weight loss and things like that. Yeah. So it's just very, very encouraging um, just to listen to you and just to, um, you know, hear the word of, of God being shed abroad over the broadcast um, daily. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so oh, much for what you're doing. Nicole, yeah. thank you. The, the calls like this yeah. make my day. Hey, how old is your son yeah. that made that comment? He's nine. He's nine years old. So and I'm 33. He, he's nine, <laughs> and he realized yeah. that you were getting rid of sweets because you're following Dr. Brown. Yes, when we, yes, I think he was from school, he said, Mommy, you know you're doing it because you're following Dr. Brown. And I said, yes, we need to try. We need to try as as best we can. He'll thank me later. Hey, give give him a high five. So now he's, yeah, I wish he was here. He's at school. But no, he's like, Mommy, I want to go vegan. I said, no, (laughs) you know you're going to, you're going to, you're going to slide back a bit because he loves meat. Well, take, take, one, take it one step at a time, right? One step at a time. I I, I got a break. Got to go. But give him a high five for me and uh, tell him I uh, appreciate him, too. How encouraging to hear that. You know, Sunday night, a ton of young people, kids, teens on the platform dancing, celebrating, rejoicing in the Lord. And I was dancing, celebrating with him. I thought, hey. As long as they're going to dance, celebrate, I'm going to dance and celebrate. Doesn't matter there, 13, 15, 17, and I'm 67. The joy of the Lord is our strength. All right, back on a very serious note. Stay right here. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us, friends on the line of fire. Yeah, we are, we are here to tackle the controversies with grace and truth. We're here to wade through the difficult issues together. Let, let me function as a voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Let, let me help try to bring us to a place of, of understanding because there's no use in us just passing each other like ships in, in the sea, right? There's no use with me yelling at you and you yelling at me and neither one listening to the other or just being our little echo chambers on social media that reinforce our own views, right? Let's, let's have a conversation, especially all of us who are followers of Jesus. Let's have a conversation. 
where I have a blind spot, I want to know. And I would hope where you have a blind spot, you want to know. So when we've talked through difficult issues like this, I always want you as callers to know you have permission to offend me. In other words, you can say, Dr. Brown, you don't get it. You're just blind here. I mean, I, I know you're not going to be nasty to me, right? But just, you don't get it. You don't see it, right? Or say, so you you know, I think you're just being woke here. You know, whatever your perspective, feel free to be honest. I'll be honest with you. I'll never be nasty to you. So we're not just going to couch things in such a way that nobody knows what we're talking about. I've urged pastors and leaders, please be clear. If you're not clear, no one knows what you're talking about. Paul says in the different context in 1 Corinthians 14, if you, if you don't blow a clear note on the trumpet or make a, a clear sound, no one's going to know how to respond. So let's do our best to bring some clarity here, all right? So brutal murder, alleged murder, but I mean, all the evidence is murder of, of Tyree Nichols at the hands of, of Memphis police and alleged mishandling. Of course, tapes would point in this, but... As well, you say alleged just because it hasn't gone through a court of law yet. Mishandling by the EMTs and others. Uh, so it, it's horrific. I mean, if you watch calling for his mother and just, and you think, what's the guy supposed to do? Right? He gets stopped immediately. The cop's screaming at him, you know, but he's trying to be the calm guy. He's on the ground, on the ground. And, and then did you fault him for running? It ends up it cost him his life. Do you fault him for thinking this might cost him his life? Okay. So he runs and then beaten to death and just, uh, it's horrible to watch. He's a black man. Well, in this case, all the police were black police officers. So as agonizing as this, the thing is, and as painful as to watch, father of one, think of his mother, think of family, loved ones, think of his own life being cut short right? As, as agonizing as that is, many of us saw it and thought, okay, the only positive right now is that it wasn't all white cops because there's already enough racial pain in America. There's already enough racial tension. There are legitimate issues on the one hand and the race baiters on the other. It's, it's already a, a difficult time. And so the moment you see this, many of us, especially I'm speaking as, as, as a white American, I think, right, it's tragic, it's terrible, we can't bring him back, but at least it was black police officers, so this is going to be a police brutality issue rather than a race issue. So that was my thought, okay? It's my perspective, right? So uh, Van Jones, CNN commentator, uh, may be the first major voice that was heard on this, others on social media, but here's a headline, Daily Mail, this is everywhere. CNN's Van Jones claims black cops who killed Tyree Nichols may be, quote, driven by racism because, quote, black people aren't immune to anti-black messages. So when I first saw that, just being candid with you, my reaction was, oh, come on, come on. Van Jones, th these are black police killing a black man. It's, it's not... It's brutality. It's it's immediately they're, they 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 were fired, or suspended, and immediately charges being brought. And and Benjamin Crump, the family attorney, was surprised to see how swiftly things were done. The, their unit, Scorpion unit, was dissolved. 
I mean, this has been taken with the utmost ser seriousness by Memphis police. But I'm thinking, okay, this is police brutality, but it's not racist because it's black policemen. Then I said, here's a black guy, let's get him. Right, so when I read this, I re my immediate thought was, come on, man, it's not racism. How can you say it's racism? That's my perspective. Now, you may have had the exact same perspective or a totally different perspective. That's what we're going to talk through. That's what we're going to talk through today. And I'd love to hear your perspective, 866-34-TRUTH. I'm going to lay things out, I play a video clip, read some more quotes, and then get to your calls. But I want to hear from you, 866-348-7884. Why? So we can better understand each other. So you can put me in your world, I can put you in my world, and together we can do our best to get God's perspective on things, all right? So uh, here's an article. Oh, let's see. This is Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan in the New York Post. He said this, January 30th, so just yesterday. Racism didn't kill Tyree Nichols. Moronic, poorly trained cops did. That's the headline. I'm going to read to you what Piers Morgan said. I want to start this column with two cold, hard, indisputable truths about the murder of Tyree Nichols. These are incontrovertible statements of fact. First, 21-year-old Tyree was killed by a despicable mob of shamefully inhumane police brutes. Second, the five cops who beat him to death were all black like him, so the motive for their appalling conduct was self-evidently not racism. Despite this, Many high-profile black people have raced to blame white people for what happened in a way, hang on, it's just scrolled on me here, in a way that is as ridiculous as it is disingenuous, all right? So uh, I want to read a couple of quotes from black leaders who have specifically said that, that, uh, that this is... This is a matter of racism. Um, Jamel Hill, I need so many people to understand this regarding Tyree Nichols. Uh, I'm reading from an article by John Hawkins, himself a white Christian conservative. The idea that America is overrun with white supremacy is a conspiracy theory. So this is what John Hawkins is saying. He's been on the radio with me in the past. Uh, and he quotes from Jamel Hill. I need so many people to understand this regarding Tyree Nichols. Several of the police officers who murdered Freddie Gray, this was in Baltimore, were black. The entire system of policing is based on white supremacist violence. We see people under the boot of oppression carry its water all the time. All right. So this is one quote among many uh, that are saying the same thing. Uh, others have said, here's a tweet, C.G. Bryson, can someone explain logically how five black officers killing a black man is white supremacy? So Van Jones, Jamil Hill, others have said, you don't get it. The whole system is based on white supremacy. The whole system was started to keep black people down and other outsiders down. And now a black person may become a cop, but they are taking on the same system, the same mentality. A dear colleague of mine, a highly respected colleague, a historian, a history professor, 
a black brother in the Lord, black Jewish brother, he texted me a similar thread saying the same thing and said, exactly, this is a brother I respect spiritually and I respect intellectually. And he's saying, yeah, it is racist. Now, here's a response from Matt Walsh on with Glenn Beck, so both white uh, and Christian conservative or Mormon conservative in the case of, of Glenn Beck. So listen to what Matt Walsh says talking about cases of, of whites shot and killed in cold blood by the police. Let's, let's listen. These sorts of things happen all the time to people who are not black. Daniel Shaver is another case that I've, I've mentioned, a little bit more well-known, but that video is just the worst thing I've ever seen. If you haven't seen the video of Daniel Shaver and you want to see it, I, I warn you. Yeah. It's horrible, but he was killed, shot dead by police while begging for his life on his knees. I mean, that's what they said happened to Michael Brown. It didn't happen to Michael Brown. That was a lie. It actually did happen to Daniel Shaver on his knees, begging for his life, saying, don't kill me, and they shot him. White man, you know, and, and this kind of thing happens all the time. The important point is that the pol police brutality is a real problem, in my opinion. There's a real problem with the way sometimes the police go about things, even though it's a minority of cases, but it does happen. I don't think there's any reason to believe at all, actually, that it's racially motivated. I, I don't think it has anything to do with race. The vast majority of cases, I think it's, it's you know, power trip. I think it's sometimes police officers don't value human life as much as they should. Yeah, so he goes on with that, but you get the feel for it. I mean, you're, you're talking about someone that was, was on the run from police. Police went into a backyard, thought it was the man. It was just the guy living in the house, and he gets killed by the police, a white guy. And there's another incident where a white guy, and I'm just, I'm presenting both sides. I'm not giving you my own view yet, and I want to hear from you, which we're going to do momentarily. So I want to count you. I see the video of this. A guy with mental problems realizes he's losing it, and he calls the police for help. And because he's reacting a strange emotional way, they end up, you know, using force to restrain him. Anyway, he he dies. He called the police for help, and he dies at the hands of police. A, a white guy, at the hands of of white police. Uh, so what do we make of this now? Statistically, yes, it's true that more whites are killed every year, more, more white men and women, mainly men, of course, are killed by police every year than black men, women, in terms of overall numbers. However, when you work out the proportion of the black American population compared to the white American population, then it's a much higher percentage of black Americans who are killed by police than white Americans. Why is that? Is there racism behind it? Is there racism behind the whole system? Or is the race issue the wrong thing to be raising now at a time when there's so much racial division between us and so much racial division, racial tension as we try to look at real issues and talk through and learn together, get our history right and, and get our approaches to life together right so that we can work together as, as one people and one nation, and especially one body, one church? Is it the wrong thing to be raising in this context? Should the whole focus just be on police brutality and what we need to do to address it? Because police brutality in America 
especially in terms of deaths, is way, 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 way higher than many, many, many other nations in the world. And thank God for all the good police and those who risked their lives and with honor to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. So we're going to sort this out together. And again, I'm, I'm going to give you some more quotes, some more interaction, different perspectives. And first, go to your calls. As soon as we come back, I'm going straight to the phone. Stay right here. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, so much for joining us on the Line of Fire, 866-34-TRUTH. To get in this conversation, again, we can't bring back Tyree Nichols. We can't bring back the others who've died or had their lives massively altered at the hands of police brutality. We deeply honor and respect the many, 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 the great majority of police who are not engaging in acts of brutality like this. Many put their lives at risk. Many are doing it. They're not getting a lot of compensation for it. Uh, their challenges, you read of horror stories of police being victims of criminal violence and sometimes actual ambushes and staged attacks, heartbreaking, heartbreaking to think of those who died at the hands of police that never should have died, either innocent people or people who are guilty of a crime but never should have died, did nothing worthy of that. We can't bring any of these people back. We're not demonizing all police, God forbid, nor are we making everything a matter of racism. We're trying to have wisdom and understanding. And right now is our time to inform one another that's why we have live talk radio. Most days we take calls. Why? This is a chance to inform one another of your perspective. If someone says something, you're like, no, how can... Well, then call in and, and, and share your viewpoint. And then I'm going to try to expand this a little bit more with a little bit more insight so that each side can understand each other better. When I say each side, I don't mean black side, white side, because we just have different perspectives, right? And, and then do our best to, to get God's perspective on this. Uh, so we start with uh, Roger in Northwest Georgia. Thank you for calling the line of fire, sir. Hi, Dr. Brown. First time caller here. And uh, I, I want to first of all say that, that I am just saddened by the tragedy of not only this this death of this young man, but, but many, many others that we've seen over the past years. But do I think that police brutality is race-based? Not entirely. Of course, you have some of it that I would say is. But I'm not a person of color myself. And I did resist uh, officers one time. I won't do it again. They handed my hind end to me quite swiftly. Uh, I think that if anyone gets stopped by a police officer, they should comply. 
don't run. If you resist, if you run, if you try to fight an officer, you just make yourself a target. Not a good thing to do. Don't fight out on the street. Even if, if they're wrong in what they're doing, they have a job to do and they want to go home after their shift and see their loved ones. So they're not going to take a lot of, a lot of baloney and, and people messing around. If you get arrested, if you get stopped, fight your battle in, in court. You know, if you're not doing anything wrong, if you're doing something wrong, if you're doing something illegal, hey, like Beretta used to say, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Mm. Got it. Hey, Roger, I, I appreciate you yes, sir. weighing in, especially calling the first time and sharing your own experience. Much appreciate it. Thank you, sir. So, uh, of course, in the case of Kyrie Nichols, he's complying. He's like the calm one. And we don't know exactly what led up to things with him being stopped. But when he stopped, it's, it's violent. It's angry right from the start. And looking in the car for something. I mean, you assume drugs, something, weapon, right? But there's none of that there. Uh, but he's he's trying to comply. And then once you start, it starts getting rough and you're you understand somebody running in, in, in that case. But yes, of course, comply if the officer's nice or not. Just do your best to save your life, comply. And perhaps the officer's jittery because of something that just happened and he lost a colleague. Either way, there's no justification for brutality. The fact is, so here's the question. Would officers, black officers or white, treat a white person the same way as a black person? If so, then the question of it being race-based becomes questionable. If, on average, the answer is no, a black person gets treated worse then that's another subject entirely. Or the whole system is based out of a white supremacist thing. Okay, it's, we can talk about that. That's what we're doing here on the broadcast. Uh, we go to our friend Fail in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Yes, hi, Dr. Michael. Uh, first of all, I'm going to echo. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for endorsing Nofalea. I've been on Nofalea for years, and I, re I did a reorder two days ago, and I mentioned your show and your ministry, so I got an extra bottle of Nofalea. Oh, so come thank on. You. How sweet. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, yes. so just, I, I know we want to concentrate on police brutality, but si since you called... This deals, you know, chronic inflammation, other things. So what, what benefits have you found with it? Well, I had damage to my left foot about 10 years ago from a fall. Mm -hmm. And it left me with a dropped foot, so my nerves were damaged. Mm. And so I was not in a lot of pain, but there was a stiffness. And... By me taking the no filet, the stiffness left, and I, if you see me walking, you would, you would not even know I have a drop foot. Sweet. And yeah. it's, it's a good investment long-term. Everything I understand, it's, oh. it's wonderful, healthy. All right, th thanks for the endorsement. And, I'll, I'll, folks, I'll let you know how you can take advantage of this, too, in a minute. But, so, Fail, so your, your thoughts about police brutality and racism, please weigh in. Yes. 
First of all, I think we should realize that racism is not black and white. That's the, that's, that's the issue right there. Racism is not black and white or brown. It, it, it has nothing to do with that, totally. Racism is how you carry yourself and how you look. So I'm going to say this. If Tyree had been dressed in a suit and he spoke very good English and looked like he was clean cut, it wouldn't matter whether he was black or white. It would not have been the same uh, dialogue. But because people sometimes do not carry themselves like a professional or educated person, black cops, white cops, assume that you're ignorant and you're a stud and we're going to get the best of you and teach you a lesson. But I guarantee you, if Tyree was wearing a three-piece suit, a tie, and spoke good English, it would not have happened like that. Because racism is not black and white. But the root problem is the heart. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. Even the hearts of the, uh, the, the cop. We keep trying to legislate rules and laws, and, but it's a heart problem, and ministers and evangelists need to get out more and get the gospel out to change the hearts of people. Yeah. And this wouldn't happen. But it's all about how you carry yourself and how well you speak. Interesting. Hey, I, I appreciate that. And, of course, the last thing Fail is saying is what the police did is justified, of course. So I, I, wa I want to just piggyback on that comment for a moment. So I, I, I buy, when I fly within the states, uh, economy tickets wherever, wherever I'm traveling to speak, you know, within the continent of the United States. And um, because I'm a frequent flyer, I often get upgraded. So I'm often in first class. And I'm sitting next to a black gentleman, and he's, he's a fairly big guy, and we're talking on his large hands. And I'm wondering, he's a former athlete, because he, he just he looks big, like he could have been a football player. He turns out to be a university chancellor. And he said to me, now, we were just talking about race issues, because some things were really hot in the society right then, a few years back. And he said, you know, it's interesting, someone sees a black man in first class and they wonder, is he an athlete or maybe he's a hip hop star? So I thought to myself, isn't that interesting? Because I wondered, just because he looked, looked like an athlete. I wonder, I wonder, here's a university, he's a university chancellor. Now, if it was a white man sitting next to me, also looked like an athlete, would I have immediately gone there in my mind? I don't know, just being honest with you. I don't know. I'm sitting in first class again black gentleman sitting next to me dressed to the hilt i'm talking about a really nice suit a really nice he looked super distinguished he was a bishop in the african-american methodist church if i'm correct and this is what he said to me phil he said you know why i dress like this because we were talking about difficult race issues he said because otherwise i don't get treated the same as other people in first class now this is a man my age all right, so not just some kid that doesn't know what he's, ah, he's got some chip on his shoulder. He said, because otherwise you see a black man up here in first class, you wonder what's he doing up here. We well, have to show you're a businessman, you're this or that. Now, 
This is his life experience. Am I going to deny his life experience? Am I going to deny that when he doesn't have the jacket and tie, he gets treated differently? Now, I've never seen it. Okay, I've never witnessed ever as I'm on the plane anybody treated any differently. Unless the person's being obnoxious or something and the, the flight attendant has to talk to them. So with my eyes, I've never ever seen anyone treated differently. You go through, you eat what drink you want, this and that. I've seen everyone treated exactly the same, getting on the plane, getting off the plane, to my perception. But that's to my perception. I'm not going to deny his experience. So all that to say there are lots of things that factor in. And, and we, we just don't want to jump to conclusions on any level, nor do we want to close our ears to, to real anecdotal evidence as well. Hey, thank you, as always, for the call and for the no Pelea endorsement. So stick around for a second. I want to take more calls, and I'll, I'll tell you about getting your own discount on no Pelea. All right, let's go to Anne in Charlotte. Uh, you want to weigh in on the Van Jones comment? Please do. Anna, you're there. All right. Dr. Brown, I want oh, okay. to say that... Go ahead. Go I ahead. don't know why people are still... Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, when, when a person makes a statement like that, like our president said, the gas prices are down, mm-hmm. you know, this one, this is not a racial or... What do you say? Um... I don't remember what he said, but it's it's clear. Do you do we know the truth? Do we have a brain? So this man is saying something totally the opposite of the truth. He is not for our nation. He is continuing this foolishness. He is not for the same people of America, no matter what color they are. And Van Jones is for Van Jones. When are people going to wake up and see this with some of our people that are up there with their big mouth? I don't get why keep believing what they say because their name is such and such. So, so <clears> in <throat> other words, yeah, got it. Thank you, Ann. And again, just hearing from different perspectives, that's why our phone lines are open. Um, so, Ann, your perspective, this is just race baiting. This is exacerbating the differences and the divisions uh, and wake up and see the reality. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I guess the question would be, would these black officers have treated a white man, similar situation, the way they treated Tyree Nichols, right? Because that's the whole accusation. They are just trained by the power structure to treat blacks a certain way. Fair questions to ask. Anyway, I'm gonna take some more calls bring you some more quotes, give you my perspective. As God's people, how should we react? What should we do? How do we move forward? Fair enough? So we got a lot more to cover in a short period of time. Oh, oh, and I'll let you know after Fail's endorsement how to get no player for yourself. Stay right here. Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the line of fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. 
Thanks, friends, for calling in, being part of the broadcast. This is why we do what we do, commenting online. Let's do our best to listen to each other, learn from each other, and then come to our conclusions before God. Okay, so the heels of fail endorsing no play, which deals with what doctors have said is the number one threat to human existence in terms of our physical health, uh, chronic inflammation. So no Pelea, James Robinson endorsed it in terms of arthritis and things like that. Just the transformation came to his life. There was a special discount a couple weeks ago with Trivita, our new sponsor, where you, where you could find out about getting a free bottle. So call 800-771-5584. 800-771-5584. Do it today, all right? And then say, hey, I want to find out, uh, listen to Dr. Brown's show about the free bottle of no play. They'll tell you how you can order that. Uh, otherwise, just go online and use the code BROWN, capital B, BROWN25. You get a 25% discount on everything you order. And remember, your first order, 100% of it goes for this broadcast to blanket the nation. Think of how much good we can do together. So it's 800 771 84. Tell them Dr. Brown sent you. Okay, let me grab another call or two uh, to an anonymous caller. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, this is, well, oh, almost said it. Uh, um, go this ahead. happened. This happened to me in 91 or so, 90 or 91, uh, right after the thing with Rodney King. Uh, I pulled over. I was, it was followed by a party or whatever. I was pulled over, which I mm -hmm. did so. I was on a motorcycle, you know, and by myself. And uh, uh, the can I, can I just ask quote, if, if air, you are if you are yes. if you are white, black, Hispanic, white? Okay, just just for thirty context. year old. I was about thirty. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, yeah. Did everything he told me to do, but then he got, you know, tried to get weird or he, yeah, with his hands. No, it was just him and I. And uh, I was right in front of him. You know, he's frisking me on cop car. And I had him put my, he was right behind. I took my right foot and up on the back of, on, behind him on his top of his foot. With that, he curled his had long hair, curled his hand around my hair, twisted my head, and it, I don't know how many times busted my head on top of the cop car. Blood everywhere, down my shoes. Took me to the, uh, before he closed the door in the cop car, he reached in and had me handcuffed behind my back. Mm. Before he closes the door, he reaches in and slaps me across my face. I'm already bleeding, right? I already felt like. <laughs> um, so I'm in shock, and I hear myself going, I'm not believing this. <laughs> you know, get down to the police station. He can't get his keys out fast enough, so he uses my head as the, wow, this is, I'm over it, right? 30 years later. He uses my head as a knocker on the steel door. They, I'm in the, and they're going to give me a 
want to give me a breathalyzer. He's sitting there with this evil smirk on his face with his hands crossed, leaned up against the wall, looking at me. And they're like, anyway, one girl saw me and she's like backed away with her eyes. Anyway, they called the medics. Instead of them taking me, I pleaded with them to take me to the hospital. They had him drive me to the hospital and told me on the way there, now, if you don't say anything, I mean, if you don't pursue this, I won't either. So if nothing else, I've just, everything that's happened in my life, I am so, oh, and they didn't do anything. I went to eternal hours. You know, he got, you know, he was, it was some evil, evil anyway, but it was some stuff he got. It was a whole bunch of mess that they were involved in. But they didn't do anything. In fact, you know, wrote me a letter. Basically, and there was no, now there was no witness that the alleged incidents right. now and no, was there. No body cam, nothing else. No. Yikes. And that was, that was 91. And yeah. was was the cop? And uh, I had there was uh, a news director, WL, uh, um, a African American radio station, yeah. Cash Michaels, news director, came out and interviewed me with the same question. Yeah, and, and, and I'm just seeing <laughs> you again. A, and the the officer was a white officer, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Obviously, I can't call you by your name, but uh, I mean, thanks for having the guts to. Relive that now and share it all as traumatic as it is with with everyone. Um, it's interesting that it was a, a a black man that wanted to hear your story. Probably much more used to stories like that in his own community, and much more sensitive to stories like that in his own community. So, uh, thank you, thank you for sharing that. And uh, that's ninety one. All right, that's a, that's a long time ago, and and whatever just trauma stirred by you listening to that or others hearing things that's stirred trauma in their own hearts. May, may God's grace just remind you, okay, you're good. You're good. And, and police brutality is being highlighted. Hey, thank you for, for calling in. All right, let me, I'm going to try to get to some more calls, but first I, I need to weigh in with some comments. All right. Uh, John Hawkins, again, white conservative, taking issue with the idea that police brutality is racist. He's got a tweet uh, responding to Jamel Hill. And it's in his article that I said it earlier. He said, you've just become so obsessed with racism that you twist everything around to find some excuse to call it racism. You're the real life version of that meme, except you apply it to black Americans too. And he's, he's got uh, a, a chart here, all right, a, a graphic. If a white person moves out, then it's called white flight, it's racism. If a white person moves in, it's called gentrification, racism. If a white person sees color, it's racism. If a white person doesn't see color, it's ignoring racism. If a white person doesn't partake in culture, he's non-inclusive. If he engages in culture, cultural appropriation, either way, racism. So this is a white perspective saying you're making everything racist when it's not. Again, I'm just giving you different perspectives. Uh, another, another article 
uh, pointed to Ashley Babbitt, right? She was the white woman unarmed that was killed by, by Capitol Hill police uh, during the, the storming of the Capitol. And it says, imagine if Ashley Babbitt had been a black woman and a member of Black Lives Matter Antifa who was killed by police during a, a similar riot. Then imagine if the officer in question was not even prosecuted. First of all, the incident would not have been labeled a riot. It would have been classified as a mostly peaceful, peaceful, peaceful protest by the left in their media. The shooting would have been immediately deemed as having been racist, regardless of evidence and circumstances. Democrats in the media would have made a martyr out of Mrs. Babbitt, calling her a woman exercising her constitutional rights, and her name would even be more well-known than that of George Floyd. Of course, the, Matt, the Michael Brown reference by, by Matt Walsh in a previous clip that we played is the Michael Brown killed in Ferguson, Missouri. Okay, so was the 2014? All right, so, so as kingdom people, as God's people, how do we respond to, to this uh, and to both sides of this very difficult and heated debate and issue. Number one, police brutality is a real issue. It doesn't matter how good, how many good policemen are. I mean, what if you knew that one doctor in every thousand in a hospital was, was mistreating patients? You know, what if you knew if, if, one restaurant out of every 500 had poison in the food. You, you know, it, it doesn't, the, the fact that there's so many that are good and so many that we appreciate, we honor. I'm pro-police, I'm not anti-police. They, they fulfill an essential role in society. And without them, we have complete chaos. That's why we've got all these anti-gun people and, you know, anti-gun politician, they travel with armed bodyguards, all right? Um, they play an essential role we must have it, but police brutality really needs to be highlighted. In that sense, it's not a race issue, it's a righteousness issue. It needs to be highlighted, it needs to be looked at. Reform needs to come, needs to be different training. I understand the other side and police putting their lives on the line, but there's no, there's no justification for what happened. Look, the, the, the black gentleman that was killed, he's telling police, I've got a gun in the car, right? And he's not, and he's shot right there. And you know, the, the officer's traumatized by the fact he shot him. I don't think he came in there planning to murder the man. But he's trying to say, I have a gun here in the car. I'm just trying to show you my idea. And he gets killed for it, right? But it's, it, it's happened to white men as well. Now you say, okay, are you saying there's no racism? No, I'm not saying that, hear me. Because of the nature and history of police and law and order, because of the unequal status that many blacks have had over the years, black Americans, and because of the breakdown in the family, which then leads to more criminality and other things like that, yes, it, it is easy to demonize black men, especially black males, young males, it is easy to demonize them and it is easy for a black person or a white person to mistreat them, and that does have race base to it because of the demonizing of people. But I say this, my perspective, rather than make this a race issue, let's focus on two things. Let's focus on police brutality, let's get to the roots of it, 
and where our training needs to be better and where change needs to come. I know there are lots of armed people now and police are in danger. I understand that. I'm pro-police, then anti-police. But let us categorically, systematically across the country deal with this. And in the process where we uncover race mentality, when we uncover racism, where we uncover evil attitudes towards black Americans or other minorities, where that is uncovered, then let us expose that route as well when we see it in action. Rather than thinking it's always in action, when it is in action, let's expose that and deal with it for the sake of righteousness. That's my perspective. You get to weigh in, we'll have more shows, more talks about these very things. Sit down with a friend, pray together, share perspectives, let Jesus be glorified. And may healing come to those who've been hurting and have lost loved ones. Another program powered by the Truth Network.